All right. Happy 420 from Nurmer Nurmer. I'm Susie, and this is not a full episode. We will still have a full episode on Friday that I'm really excited about, but this is the special 420 bonus edition. I'm going to go through the 420 Wikipedia page, which to my absolute delight is currently being vandalized to stay 419 instead of 420. (laughs) And it was reverted very quickly. So again, I stand by Wikipedia catching those bad edits really fast, but also I just love that somebody is messing with the 420 page in preparation for the actual day 420. But I'm not just doing 420, I'm also covering Bob Marley, his entire Wikipedia page, because he's obviously a big proponent of cannabis. And without further ado, 420, Bob Marley. Happy holidays. 420, cannabis culture. 420 is cannabis culture slang for marijuana and hashish consumption, especially smoking around the time 420 p.m. And it also refers to cannabis-oriented celebrations that usually take place annually on April 20th, which is 4-20 in U.S. form. Origins. In 1971, five high school students in San Rafael, California, used the term 420 in connection with a plan to search for an abandoned cannabis crop based on a treasure map made by the grower. Calling themselves the Waldos because their typical hangout spot was a wall outside the school, the five students, Steve Capper, Dave Reddix, Jeffrey Noel, Larry Schwartz, and Mark Gravich designated the Louis Pasteur statue on the grounds of San Rafael High School as their meeting place and 4.20 p.m. as their meeting time. The Waldos referred to this plan with the phrase 4.20 Lewis. After several failed attempts to find the crop, the group eventually shortened their phrase to 4.20, which ultimately evolved into a code word the teens used to refer to consuming cannabis. Steve Hager of High Times was responsible for popularizing the story of the Waldos. The first High Times mention of 420 smoking and a 420 holiday appear in 1991, and the connection to the Waldos appeared in December of 1998. Hager attributed the early spread of the phrase to Grateful Dead followers. After Waldo, Reddix became a roadie for the Grateful Dead's bassist Phil Lesh and called for 420 p.m. to be the socially accepted time of day to consume cannabis. International Day for Cannabis-Related Protests and Events. There's a photo of Vancouver on April 20th, 2012. April 20th has become an international counterculture holiday where people gather to celebrate and consume cannabis. Many such events have a political nature to them, advocating the liberalization or legalization of cannabis. Vivian McPeak, a founder of Seattle's Hemp Fest, states that 420 is half celebration and half call to action. Paul Birch calls it a global movement and suggests that one cannot stop events like these. On that day, many marijuana users protest in civil disobedience by gathering in public to smoke at 4.20 p.m. As marijuana continues to be decriminalized and legalized around the world, Steve D'Angelo, cannabis activist and founder of California's Harborside Health Center, notes that even if our activist work were complete, 4.20 morphs from a statement of conscience to a celebration of acceptance, a celebration of victory, a celebration of our amazing connection with this plant, and that he thinks it will always be worthy of celebration. Impacts. Traffic safety. Despite two studies reporting a a supposed increase in the risk of fatal motor vehicle crashes on April 20th, further investigation and analysis found the evidence did not support such claims. Stolen signs. Signs bearing the number 420 have been frequently stolen. In Colorado, the Colorado Department of Transportation replaced the mile marker 420 side. (laughs) The 
the mile marker 420 sign on one seven or on I-70 of Denver with one reading 419.99 in an attempt to stop the thievery. However, the folklore of the 419.99 sign has caused it to be stolen too, as well as become a tourist destination. As of August 2018, the sign was missing, presumed stolen. The Colorado Department of Transportation usually will not replace signs that are repeatedly taken, but began the practice of replacing further down the road after 69 mile markers were frequently stolen. These were replaced with 68.5 mile ones. The Idaho Department of Transportation replaced the mile marker 420 sign on U.S. Highway 95 just south of Coeur d'Alene with the mile marker of 419.9. The Washington State Department of Transportation implemented similar measures but only replaced one of the two 420 signs in the state, with the remaining one being subsequently stolen. According to the Washington Post, there are 11 420 mile markers in the U.S. after three replacements and one stolen and not replaced. In Goodhue Country, Minnesota, officials have changed 420 Street signs to 42X Street. The mile marker 420 sign on U.S. Route 89, the only 420 marker in the state of Utah, is frequently stolen. Legislation in 2003, California Senate Bill 420 was introduced to regulate medical marijuana use in deliberate reference to the status of 420 in marijuana culture. An unsuccessful 2010 bill to legalize cannabis in Guam was called Bill 420. The Marijuana Freedom and Opportunity Act, which, if enacted, would decriminalize and deschedule cannabis in the United States, was announced by Senator and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on April 20, 2018. On January 9, 2019, H.R. 420 was introduced to the 116th Congress by Representative Earl Blumenauer of Oregon, named the Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol Act, which is designed to remove cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act and return regulation to the states. Honors. Following the success of Washington, D.C.'s Initiative 71 to legalize cannabis in 2014, Mayor Muriel Bowser granted license plate number 420 to the campaign's leader, Adam Eddinger. And that's pretty much it for 420. There's a couple more links, references, and external links. Now for Bob Marley. The Honorable Robert Nesta Bob Marley born February 6th, 1945, and died May 11th, 1981, was a Jamaican singer, songwriter, and musician. Considered one of the pioneers of reggae, his musical career was marked by fusing elements of reggae, ska, and rock study, as well as his distinctive vocal and songwriting style. Marley's contributions to music increased the visibility of Jamaican music worldwide and made him a global figure in popular culture for over a decade. Over the course of his career, Marley became known as a Rastafari icon, and he infused his music with a sense of spirituality. He is also considered a global symbol of Jamaican music and culture and identity, and was controversial in his outspoken support of the legalization of marijuana. He also advocated for Pan-Africanism. His spouse was Rita Anderson, married after 1966. His partner was Cindy Breakspear from 1977 to 1978. And his children included Sharon, Sadella, Ziggy, Stephen, Rohan, Julian, Kaimani, and Damien. His relatives are Skip Marley, Nico Marley, and Salah Marley. 
Born in Nine Mile, British Jamaica, Marley began his professional music career in 1963 after forming Bob Marley and the Wailers. The group released its debut studio album, The Wailing Wailers, in 1965, which contained the single One Love, People Get Ready. The song was popular worldwide and established the group as a rising figure in reggae. The Wailers subsequently released 11 further studio albums while initially employing louder instrumentation and singing. The group began engaging in rhythmic-based song construction in the 1960s and early 1970s, which coincided with the singer's conversion to Rastafari. During this period, Marley relocated to London, and the group embodied their musical shift with the release of the album The Best of the Wailers in 1971. The group attained international success after the release of the albums Catch a Fire and Burnin', both released in 1973, and forged reputation as touring artists. Following the disbandment of the Wailers a year later, Marley went on to release his solo material under the band's name. His debut studio album, Natty Dread, in 1974, received positive reception, as did its follow-up, Rastamon Vibration, in 1976. A few months after the album's release, Marley survived an assassination attempt at his home in Jamaica, which prompted him to permanently relocate to London. During his time in London, he recorded the album Exodus in 1977. It incorporated elements of blues, soul, and British rock, and enjoyed widespread commercial and critical success. In 1977, Marley was diagnosed with acrolentiginous melanoma. He died as a result of the illness in 1981. His fans around the world expressed their grief, and he received a state funeral in Jamaica. The greatest hits album, Legend, was released in 1984 and became the best-selling reggae album of all time. Marley also ranks as one of the best-selling music artists of all time, with estimated sales of more than 75 million records worldwide. He was posthumously honored by Jamaica soon after his death with the designated Order of Merit by his nation. In 1994, he was introduced to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rolling Stone ranked him number 11 on its list of 100 greatest artists of all time. Early Life and Career Robert Nesta Marley was born on February 6, 1945, to Norval Sinclair Marley and Sadella Malcolm. Norval Marley was a white Jamaican from Clarendon Parish, Jamaica, whose family claimed to have Syrian Jewish origins. Norval claimed to have been a captain in the Royal Marines at the time of his marriage to Sadella Malcolm, an Afro-Jamaican, then 18 years old. He was employed as a plantation overseer. Bob Marley's full name is Robert Nesta Marley, though some sources give his birth name as Nesta Robert Marley with a story that when Marley was still a boy, a Jamaican passport official reversed his first and middle names because Nesta sounds like a girl's name. Norval provided financial support for his wife and child, but seldom saw them as he was often away. Bob Marley attended Stepney Primary and Junior High School, which serves the catchment area of St. Anne. In 1955, when Bob Marley was 10 years old, his father died of a heart attack at the age of 70. Marley's mother went on later to marry Edward Booker, a civil servant from the United States, giving Marley two half-brothers, Richard and Anthony. Bob Marley and Neville Livingston, later known as Bunny Whaler, had been childhood friends in the Nine Mile. They had started to play music together while at Stepney Primary and Junior High School. Marley left Nine Mile with his mother when he was 12 and moved to Trenchton, Kingston. She and Thaddeus Livingston, Bunny Whaler's father, had a daughter together whom they named Claudette Pearl, who was a younger sister to both Bob and Bunny. Now that Marley and Livingston were living together in the same house in Trenchton, their musical explorations deepened to include the latest R&B from United States radio stations whose broadcasts reached Jamaica and the new ska music. The move to Trenchtown was proving to be fortuitous, and Marley soon found himself in a vocal group with Bunny Whaler, Peter Tosh, Beverly Kelso, and Junior Braithwaite. 
Joe Higgs, who was part of the successful vocal act Higgs and Wilson, resided on 3rd Street, and his singing partner, Roy Wilson, had been raised by the grandmother of Junior Braithwaite. Higgs and Wilson would rehearse at the back of the houses between 2nd and 3rd Streets, and soon, Marley, now residing on 2nd Street, Junior Braithwaite and the others were congregating around the successful duo. Marley and the others did not play any instruments at this time and were more interested in being a vocal harmony group. Higgs was glad to help them develop their vocal harmonies, although more importantly, he had started to teach Marley how to play guitar, thereby creating the bedrock that would allow Marley to construct some of the biggest selling reggae songs in the history of the genre. Musical career. The main article is Bob Marley and the Whalers, but there's a section on Bob Marley's page as well. From 1962 to 1972, the early years. In February of 1962, Marley recorded four songs, Judge Not, One Cup of Coffee, Do You Still Love Me, and Terror at Federal Studios for local music producer Leslie Kong. Three of the songs were released on Beverly's, with One Cup of Coffee being released under the pseudonym Bobby Martell. In 1963, Bob Marley, Bunny Whaler, Peter Tosh, Junior Birthway, Beverly Kelso and Cherry Smith were called the Teenagers. They later changed the name to the Wailing Rude Boys and then to the Wailing Whalers, at which point they were discovered by record producer Coxon Dodd and finally to the Whalers. Their single, Simmer Down, for the Coxon label became Jamaican number one in February of 1964, selling an estimated 70,000 copies. The Whalers, now regularly recording for Studio One, found themselves working with established Jamaican musicians such as Ernest Wranglin, the keyboardist Jackie Me Too, and saxophonist Roland Alfonso. By 1966, Braithwaite, Kelso, and Smith had left the Whalers, leaving the core trio of Bob Marley, Bunny Whaler, and Peter Tosh. In 1966, Marley married Rita Anderson and moved near his mother's residence in Wilmington, Delaware, in the United States for a short time, during which he worked as a DuPont lab assistant and on the assembly line at a Chrysler plant in nearby Newark under the alias Donald Marley. Though raised as a Catholic, Marley became interested in Rastafari beliefs in the 1960s, when away from his mother's influence. After returning to Jamaica, Marley formally converted to Rastafari and began to grow dreadlocks. After a financial disagreement with Dodd, Marley and his band teamed up with Lee Scratch Perry and his studio band, The Upsetters. Although the alliance lasted less than a year, they recorded what many considered the Whalers' finest work. Marley and Perry split after a dispute regarding the assignment of recording rights, but they would continue to work together. 1969 brought another change to Jamaican popular music in which the beat slowed down even further. The new beat was a slow, steady, ticking rhythm that was first heard on the Maytals song Do the Reggae. Marley approached producer Leslie Kong, who was regarded as one of the major developers of the reggae sound. For the recordings, Kong combined the Whalers and his studio musicians called Beverly All-Stars, which consisted of bassist Lloyd Parks and Jackie Jackson, the drummer Paul Douglas, the keyboard players Gladstone Anderson and Winston Wright, and the guitarists Rad Bryan, Lynn Tate, and Hux Brown. As David Moskowitz writes, the tracks recorded in this session illustrated the Whalers' earliest efforts in the new reggae style. Gone are the ska trumpets and saxophones of the earlier years with the instrumental breaks now being played by electric guitar. The songs recorded would be released as the album The Best of the Whalers, including the tracks Soul Shakedown Party, Stop That Train, Caution, Go Tell It on the Mountain, Soon Come, Can't You See, Soul Captives, Cheer Up, Back Out, and Do It Twice. Between 68 and 72, Bob and Rita Marley, Peter Tosh, and Bunny Whaler recut some old tracks with Jad Records in Kingston and London in an attempt to commercialize the Whaler's sound. Bunny later asserted that these songs should never be released on an album, they were just demos for record companies to listen to. And in 1968, Bob and Rita visited songwriter Jimmy Norman as 
at his apartment in the Bronx. Norman had written the extended lyrics for Kai Winding's Time Is On My Side, which was covered by the Rolling Stones, and had also written for Johnny Nash and Jimi Hendrix. A three-day jam session with Norman and others, including Norman's co-writer Al Pifrom, resulted in a 24-minute tape of Marley performing several of his own and Norman Pifrom's compositions. This tape is, according to reggae archivist Roger Steffens, rare in that it was influenced by pop rather than reggae as part of an effort to break Marley into the U.S. charts. According to an article in the New York Times, Marley experimented on the tape with different sounds, adopting a doo-wop style on Stay With Me and the slow love song style of the 1960s artists on Splish For My Splash. An artist yet to establish himself outside his native Jamaica, Marley lived in Ridgemont Gardens, Bloomsbury during 1972. 1972 to 1974, moved to Island Records. In 1972, Bob Marley signed with CBS Records in London and embarked on a UK tour with soul singer Johnny Nash. While in London, the Whalers asked their road manager, Brent Clark, to introduce them to Chris Blackwell, who had licensed some of their Coxstone releases for his Island Records. The Whalers intended to discuss the royalties associated with these releases. Instead, the meeting resulted in an offer of an advance of £4,000 to record an album. Since Jimmy Cliff, Ireland's top reggae star, had recently left the label, Blackwell was primed for a replacement. In Marley, Blackwell recognized the elements needed to snare the rock audience. I was dealing with rock music, which was really rebel music. I felt that would really be the way to break Jamaican music. But you needed someone who could be that image. When Bob walked in, he really was that image. The Whalers returned to Jamaica to record at Harry J's in Kingston, which resulted in the album Catch a Fire. Primarily recorded on an 8-track, Catch a Fire marked the first time a reggae band had access to state-of-the-art studio and were awarded the same care as their rock and roll peers. Blackwell desired to create more of a drifting, hypnotic-type feel than a reggae rhythm and restructured Marley's mixes and arrangements. Marley traveled to London to supervise Blackwell's overdubbing of the album, which included tempering the mix from the bass-heavy sounds of Jamaican music and omitting two tracks. The Whalers' first album for Island, Catch a Fire, was released worldwide in April of 1973, packaged like a rock record with a unique Zippo lighter lift top. Initially selling 14,000 units, it received a positive critical reception. It was followed later that year by the album Burnin', which included the songs I Shot the Sheriff. Eric Clapton was given the album by his guitarist George Terry in the hope that he would enjoy it. Clapton was impressed and chose to record a cover of I Shot the Sheriff, which became the first U.S. hit since Layla two years earlier and reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 on September 14th, 1974. Many Jamaicans were not keen on the new reggae sound on Catch a Fire, but the Trenchtown style of Burnin' found fans across both reggae and rock audiences. During this period, Blackwell gifted his Kingston residence and company headquarters at 56 Hope Road to Marley. Housing Tough Gong Studios, his property became not only Marley's office, but also his home. The Whalers were scheduled to open 17 shows in the U.S. for Sly and the Family Stone. After four shows, the band was fired because they were more popular than the acts they were opening for. The Whalers disbanded in 1974, with each of the three main members pursuing a solo career. 1974 to 1976 lineup changes and shooting there's a main article about the bob marley assassination attempt but there is some of it here as well despite the breakup marley continued recording as bob marley and the whalers his new backing band included brothers carlton and aston 
Family Man Barrett on drums and bass, respectively, Junior Marvin and Al Anderson on lead guitar, Tyrone Downey and Earl Wyolindo on keyboards, and Alvin Seco Patterson on percussion. The I-3s, consisting of Judy Mowat, Marsha Griffiths, and Marley's wife, Rita, provided backing vocals. In 1975, Marley had his international breakthrough with his first hit outside Jamaica with a live version of No Woman, No Cry from the live album. This was followed by his breakthrough album in the United States, Rastaman Vibration, in 1976, which reached the top 50 of Billboard's soul charts. On December 3rd, 1976, two days before Smile Jamaica, a free concert organized by the Jamaican Prime Minister Michael Manley, an attempt to ease tension between two warring political groups, Marley, his wife, and manager Don Taylor were wounded in an assault by an unknown gunman inside Marley's home. Taylor and Marley's wife sustained serious injuries but later made full recoveries. Bob Marley received minor wounds in the chest and arm. The attempt on his life was thought to have been politically motivated, as many felt the concert was really a support rally for Manley. Nonetheless, the concert proceeded, and an injured Marley performed as scheduled two days after the attempt. When asked why, Marley responded, The people who are trying to make this world worse aren't taking a day off. How can I? The members of the group Zap Pow played as Bob Marley's backup band before a festival crowd of 80,000, while members of the Whalers were still missing or in hiding. 1976 to 1979, relocation to England. Marley left Jamaica at the end of 1976, and after a month-long recovering and writing sojourn at the site of Chris Blackwell's Compass Point Studios in the Bahamas, he arrived in England, where he spent two years in self-imposed exile. Whilst in England, he recorded the albums Exodus and Kaya. Exodus stayed on the British album charts for 56 consecutive weeks. It included four UK hit singles, including One Love. During his time in London, he was arrested and received a conviction for possession of a small quantity of cannabis. In 1978, Marley returned to Jamaica and performed another political concert, the One Love Peace Concert, again in an effort to calm warring parties. Near the end of the performance by Marley's request, Michael Manley, leader of then-ruling People's National Party, and his political rival Edward Stiga, leader of the opposing Jamaica Labor Party, joined each other on stage and shook hands. Under the name Bob Marley and the Whalers, 11 albums were released, 4 live albums, and 7 studio albums. The releases included Babylon by Bus, a double live album with 13 tracks, was released in 1978 and received critical acclaim. This album, and specifically the final track, Jamming, with the audience in a frenzy captured the intensity of Marley's live performances. 1979-1981, to Later Years Survival, a defiant and politically charged album, was released in 1979. Tracks such as Zimbabwe, Africa Unite, and Survival reflected Marley's support for the struggles of Africans. His appearance at the Amandla Festival in Boston in July 1979 showed his strong opposition to South American apartheid, which he had already shown in his song War in 1976. In early 1980, he was invited to perform at a celebration of Zimbabwe's Independence Day. The album Uprising in 1980 was Bob Marley's final studio album and is one of his most religious productions. Confrontation, released posthumously in 1983, contained unreleased material recorded during Marley's lifetime, including the hit Buffalo Soldier and new mixes of singles previously only available in Jamaica. Illness and Death in July 1977, Marley was found to have a type of malignant melanoma under the nail of a toe. 
Contrary to urban legend, this lesion was not primarily caused by an injury during a football match that year, but instead was a symptom of already existing cancer. He had seen two doctors before a biopsy was made, which confirmed acrolitiginous melanoma. Unlike other melanomas, usually on skin exposed to the sun, acrolitiginous melanoma occurs in places that are easy to miss, such as the soles of feet or under toenails. Although it is most common melanoma in people with dark skin, it is not widely recognized and was not mentioned in the most popular medical textbook of the time. Marley turned down his doctor's advice to have his toe amputated, which would have hindered his performing career citing his religious beliefs, and instead the nail and nail bed were removed and a skin graft was taken from his thigh to cover the area. Despite his illness, he continued touring and was in the process of scheduling a world tour in 1980. The album Uprising was released in May 1980. The band completed a major tour of Europe where it played its biggest concert to 100,000 people in Milan, Italy. After the tour, Marley went to the United States where he performed two shows at Madison Square Garden in New York City as part of the Uprising. He collapsed while jogging in Central Park and was taken to the hospital where it was found that the cancer had spread to his brain, lungs, and liver. Marley's last concert took place two days later at the Stanley Theater, now the Bendingdom Center for the Performing Arts, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on September 23, 1980. The only known photographs from the show were included in Kevin McDonald's 2012 documentary film Marley. Shortly afterwards, Marley's health deteriorated as his cancer had spread throughout his body. The rest of the tour was canceled and Marley sought treatment at a clinic in Germany where he underwent an alternative cancer treatment called ISIL's treatment, partly based on avoidance of certain foods, drinks, and other substances. After eight months of effectively failing to treat his advancing cancer, Marley boarded a plane for his home in Jamaica. During the flight, Marley's vital functions worsened. After landing in Miami, Florida, he was taken to Cedars of Lebanon Hospital, later called University of Miami Hospital, for immediate medical attention, where he died on May 11, 1981, aged 36, due to the spread of melanoma to his lungs and brain. His final words to his son Ziggy were, money can't buy life. Marley was given a state funeral in Jamaica on... May 21st, 1981, which combined elements of Ethiopian orthodoxy and Rastafari tradition. He was buried in a chapel near his birthplace with his guitar. On May 21st, 1981, Jamaican Prime Minister Edward Siaga delivered the final eulogy to Marley, saying, His voice was an omnipresent cry in our electronic world. His sharp features, majestic looks, and prancing style, a vivid etching on the landscape of our minds. Bob Marley was never seen. He was an experience which left an indelible imprint with each encounter. Such a man cannot be erased from the mind. He is part of the collective consciousness of the nation. Legacy. Awards and honors. There's a photo of Marley in Madame Trousseau's Wax Museum in London. In 1976, he was given the Rolling Stone Band of the Year Award in June of 78 was awarded Peace Medal of the Third World from the UN. In 81, he was awarded the Jamaican Honor of Merit, then the nation's third highest honor. In 94, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He got Album of the Century by Time Magazine in 1999, got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2001, and was awarded the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. In 2004, Rolling Stone ranked him number 11 on their list of 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. In 2004, he was among the first inductees into the UK Music Hall of Fame. One Love was named Song of the Millennium by the BBC. 
who was voted as one of the greatest lyricists of all time in a BBC poll. And in 2006, a blue plaque was unveiled at his first UK residence in Bridgemount Gardens, London, dedicated to him by the Nubian Jock Community Trust and supported by the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. In 2010, Catch a Fire inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. There is a Marley statue in Kingston. The statue was inaugurated next to the National Stadium on Arthur Went Drive in Kingston to commemorate Bob Marley. In 2006, the New York City Department of Education co-named a portion of Church Avenue from Remston Avenue to East 98th Street in East Flatbush section of Brooklyn as Bob Marley Boulevard. In 2008, a statue of Marley was also inaugurated in Serbia. Internationally, Marley's message also continues to reverberate among various indigenous communities. For instance, the Australian Aboriginal people continue to burn a sacred flame to honor his memory in Sydney's Victoria Park, while members of the Native American Hopi and Havasupai tribes revere his work. There are also many tributes to Bob Marley throughout India, including restaurants, hotels, and cultural festivals. Marley evolved into a global symbol, which has been endlessly merchandised through a variety of media. Several film adaptations have evolved as well. For instance, a feature documentary about his life, Rebel Music, won various awards at the Grammys. With contributions from Rita, the Whalers, and Marley's lovers and children, it also tells much of the story in his own words. In February 2008, director Martin Scorsese announced his intention to produce a documentary movie on Marley. The film was set to be released on February 6, 2010, on what would have been Marley's 65th birthday. However, Scorsese dropped out due to scheduling problems and was replaced by Jonathan Demme, who dropped out due to creative differences, and Kevin McDonald replaced him. The film was released on April 20th, 2012. In 2011, ex-girlfriend and filmmaker Esther Anderson, along with John Godoy, made the documentary Bob Marley, The Making of a Legend, which premiered at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. Jamaican author Marlon James had a novel, A Brief History of Seven Killings, which was a fictional account of the attempted assassination of Marley, and that won the 2015 Man Booker Prize at a ceremony in London. In February of 2020, the musical Get Up Stand Up, the Bob Marley story was announced by writer Lee Hall and director Dominic Cook, and is set to open at London's Lyric Theatre in October of 2021. Personal life. Religion. Bob Marley was a member for some years of the Rastafari movement, whose culture was a key element in the development of reggae. He became an ardent proponent of Rastafari, taking its music out of the socially deprived areas of Jamaica and onto the international music scene. Archbishop Abuna Yesahak baptized Marley in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, giving him the name Burhan Selassie on November 4th, 1980, shortly before his death. Family. Bob Marley married Rita Anderson in Kingston, Jamaica on February 10th, 1966. Marley had many children, four with his wife Rita, two adopted from Rita's previous relationships, and several others with different women. The official Bob Marley website acknowledges 11 children. Marley also has three notable grandchildren, musician Skip Marley, American football player Nico Marley, and model Salah Marley. Aside from music, association football played a major role throughout his life. As well as playing the game in parking lots, fields, and even inside recording studios, growing up, he followed the Brazilian club Santos and its player Pele, and was also a supporter of English football club Tottenham Hotspur and Argentine midfielder Aussie Ardiles, who played for the club from 1978 for a decade. Marley surrounded himself with people from the sport and in the 1970s made the Jamaican international footballer Alan Skill Cole his tour manager. He told a journalist, if you want to get to know me, you will have to play football against me and the Whalers. 
Personal views. Pan-Africanism. Marley was a pan-Africanist and believed in the unity of African people worldwide. His beliefs were rooted in his Rastafari religious beliefs. He was substantially inspired by Marcus Garvey and had anti-imperialist and and pan-Africanist themes in many of his songs, such as Zimbabwe, Exodus, Survival, Blackman Redemption, and Redemption Song. Redemption Song draws influence from a speech given by Marcus Garvey in Nova Scotia, 1937. Marley held that independence of African countries from European domination was a victory for all those in the African diaspora. In the song Africa Unite, he sings of a desire for all peoples of the African diaspora to come together and fight against Babylon. Similarly, in the song Zimbabwe, he marks the liberation of the whole continent of Africa and evokes calls for unity between all Africans, both within and outside Africa. And finally, cannabis. Marley considered cannabis a healing herb, a sacrament, and an aid to meditation. He supported the legalization of the drug. He thought that marijuana was prevalent in the Bible, reading passages such as Psalms 104.14 as showing approval of its usage. Marley began to use cannabis when he converted to the Rastafari faith from Catholicism in 1966. He was arrested in 1968 after being caught with cannabis, but continued to use marijuana in accordance with his religious beliefs. Of his marijuana usage, he said, When you smoke herb, herb reveals yourself to you. All the wickedness you do, the herb reveals itself to yourself. Show up yourself clear because herb will help you meditate. Is only a natural thing and it grows like a tree. Marley saw marijuana usage as a vital factor in religious growth and connection with Ja and a way to philosophize and become wiser. Then at the bottom of the page, we just have all the studio albums, the live albums, and related pages. There's an outline of Bob Marley, a list of peace activists, and a link to the underwater spider species named in honor of Marley, which is called Desis Bob Marley.